You're listening to the Castworks Industries Comedy Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. Well, daggum. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Well Daggum Podcast, where by the end of the show, we hope to have you saying, Well, daggum. I learned something today. I want to give a big shout out to everybody that's been keeping up with everything on the social media platforms of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At uh, Well Daggum Pod. If you're not a part of that, get on those social media platforms and search us at. Uh, search us out, sorry, at Well Daggum Pod, uh, just like in the show that you're listening to right now. So if you're listening to this, you can find it on the on the social webs. Uh, go out there, like, subscribe, follow, uh, tweet, what, whatever they say on all the different social media platforms. Get out there and give us some information back on you. Uh, if you want to be on the show, hit me up. Would love to share your story with the the tens of elevens of listeners we have out there in the podcast world. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I uh, want to say sorry to everybody not getting an episode out last week. We've been going strong for a solid year or so and uh, had a lot of sickness around the house and uh, we just took a week off. And But now we're back at it and giving you some gold listening, soothing sounds to soothe your ears down and chill you out in this nice cool weather we're having. If that makes any sense whatsoever. But anyway, on the show tonight, we have a good friend of the podcast and a fellow podcaster as well, uh, J.D. Dameron. How you doing, J.D.? Oh, man, I'm doing good. Kind of dreading that uh, this winter's coming so fast, man. It's been tough already. Oh, I tell you, I I was out walking up the driveway today, walking the dog around, and I just thought, man, I thought summer just hit the other day. Man, like... (laughs) I ain't gonna lie. I was one of those people at the end of the summer this year. I was tapping out. I was like, "Okay, bring on some coke." <laughs> All right, now I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, we're, we're there. I like don't get any worse now. That just stay where you're at. <laughs> I feel you on that. But now JD, like I said, he's a fellow podcaster and much like one of our recent guests uh, that we had on, Mister Broadus. Uh, JD is a part of the Just Add Bourbon podcast. Um, now we've had, uh, Brad tell us a little bit about it before, uh, but is there anything you want to share about your podcast? Uh, I mean, like, you know, the podcast got started. I was going to do a podcast. Me and Jimmy Don, you know, we got into some debates. My daughter and his daughter play softball together, play cheerleading together. They've been good friends always. And Jimmy Don and I always had like some different opinions on things, but Jimmy Don was always real cool to talk to, man, about politics or, you know, just anything. Yeah. I thought, man, it'd be cool if me and Jimmy started the podcast together. Right. And uh, so then he, he said, hey, man, we got to talk to my brother-in-law. Like, he's a real cool guy. He's kind of the conspiracy <laughs> thing. We're going to get him involved. So I was like, you know what, Jimmy? If you think he's cool, man, let's bring him on. <laughs> and so it's really just been about, you know, having the conversation, you know, encouraging. Like, you always hear people don't talk about politics, religion. But we fight against that, man. Those yeah. are the two things we ought to be able to sit down and have discussions about. As mature adults, yeah. At the end of the day, you might sometimes you have to agree to disagree and walk away, and that's okay. Yeah, and that's what I've told people about your all's podcast. I really like it. I really appreciate what you guys do, and and it's funny to to if anybody ever has a stereotype about people, and especially being from back from Eastern Kentucky, you all break that mold 
so so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like weird. People are like you mean the liberals the coma? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's the way I like to explain it to. You. It's like, well, you got this guy. He's into conspiracy stuff, and then well, the guy that's a coal miner, you know, pretty rough looking fella and stuff like that, tough fella. Is like, yeah, he he's kind of liberal and. <laughs> I went to a ball game the other day, and my buddy's like, hey, Snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> he started laughing because he knows I'm definitely not a Snowflake. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Yeah, but it's it's a great stuff. Uh, for those of you out there listening, uh, go check them out. Just add Bourbon Podcast. Uh, they're on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, too, as well. Uh, it's just at Just Add Bourbon. And uh, got some interesting stuff from fellows from Eastern Kentucky. Get down and, and talk about the social climate and things that are going on currently in the news. Uh, it's a great listen. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Uh, it'll surprise you compared to what you think you're going to be getting. So get out and, there. And also, I mentioned, man, we've been doing this opioid series too, which is a you know a real passion project of mine and, and the other guys as well because it's impacted so many families in Eastern Kentucky. Right. We're really proud of the work we're doing. We want to get people, you know. We want them to know there's hope out there. That people do recover. Mm-hmm. And so it's been good, man, to sit down and really talk to some people who know what they're talking about instead of, you know, Joe Smo down the road here don't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. Sit down with some real people who's been through addiction and come out the other side. It's been good, man. And I, I hope maybe some of your listeners might get some help out of that, man. Why, sure enough, man. Yeah, I know I've listened to a couple of those. I know you had, uh, I believe it was Matt Brown, uh, one of your first uh opioid yeah. crisis uh i don't know if you guys are going to give it a specific name but i know there's like a whole separate genre of your podcast that is just the opioid crisis yeah. and uh you you had some guys on there that have been through it and have come out on top and are now helping other people uh through through assisted programs and education and things of that nature and it, there's some good stuff on there that's for sure you guys have really got some interesting people on there to talk about it well yeah that's uh we definitely want to give hope to people, you know what I mean? So, yeah, sure like enough, man. People in this, that's uh, been through it, and, and now people see them walking around with hope. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, it, it was something that seemed so uh, so untouchable. that It just seemed like nothing was ever going to happen for people that got addicted. And it's just like, well, they're, they're, you have to write them off. And and now there's such a hope back home, and, and just in Martin County in general, to me, uh, seeing yeah. it from uh, outside of it now, where I've moved away and stuff. It uh, it's it's definitely an uh, uplifting feeling to have about back home. You know what I mean? For sure, yeah. And we yeah. want to be a part of that, man. We want to lift this community up. So sure enough, man, I feel you. Got a platform to do it. We're going to do it. I, I'll do my part to get my tens of elevens of listeners out there to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, now that was just getting some uh, business out of the way and kind of getting some cross promotion going on there. But the bigger part of tonight is we were discussing uh, a little bit of JD stories about some hunting uh, right now. If you're listening and you do hunt, you know, it's rifle season and uh, a lot of people are getting out in Kentucky and Ohio and uh, trying to bag them some bucks. I've, I've seen some friends from back home. They've been posting these monster racks on some deer that they've been getting. And if you ain't all about the hunting thing, I'm sorry for you. You really should get into it. Some great meat, great way to fill your freezer full of meat for the winter instead of going to Kroger and taking a chance at whatever they're throwing at you. So, But uh, J.D.'s got a couple of stories about some hunting, so why don't you go ahead and share that for us, bud? So growing up in East Kentucky, I was always busy with sports and athletics. You know, I was always running here and there, and I didn't grow up. My dad really wasn't around a whole lot me growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I never had – somebody who to experience those things with the hunting yeah the mechanic and stuff i, I can't do shit to a car you know what i mean like <laughs> I, 
there's a guy, I was getting my oil changed one day, and uh, I was in my Tahoe. He's like, oh, man, this thing will pull the world. I was like, yep, the gas goes right back there. I have no idea. <laughs> so so kind of give you background. Growing up, you know, it was just me, my mom, and my brothers. Yeah. So we really didn't get out and do any hunting. So I got a job at, at Georgetown, at the Toyota plant in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. I worked there 10 years. <clears throat> and uh, a lot of the guys I worked with were from East Kentucky and did a lot of hunting. So I decided, man. It'd be cool to do some hunting. And I got some people down here that had some farm land. You know, I know some people down here in central Kentucky, yeah. actually in Frankfurt there, had a big farm. They would let me hunt it. So I decided the day before rifle season opened that I was going to go hunt. <laughs> <laughs> With no knowledge and no background and probably, uh, did, did you have a gun I, at least? I had a clue, man. You know, and I just <laughs> aggravating these guys that worked to death with questions because I just had no idea. That's funny. So... The guy, uh, Dr. Wells, uh, Greg Wells, takes me out to his farm. He lets me throw some feed out, puts me in the corner of his farm. Mm-hmm. Nice little spot. And he sets me up. I'm like, oh, cool, man. <laughs> awesome. So the first day of rifle season comes, and here I am, man. Like, I'm all fired up. Yeah. Right you know, an hour before daylight. Right. And, and you got the perfect setup. No, I mean, you can't ask for a better setup than somebody's farm that's already had some corn thrown out for you and everything. Shoot. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. We got rubs all over the place. Oh, like, man. Yeah, so I'm fired up because all these guys at work are like, oh, dude, there's definitely deer there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, awesome. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm out there like the, I bought a gun and everything. <laughs> you know, I, I completely went to Walmart, grabbed some camo. Anyway. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I go out and uh, like what I was looking at was like a little point on this guy's farm to the creek. Like you can see the creek and there was a little point for him there on his farm. Yeah. And there was a tree that laid down, and I could look down from that tree on that point. So, I, <laughs> it's funny because I've been watching so many hunting shows and reading so many magazines and stuff. I had a rattle bag. Yeah. had a boot call, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> so, those guys at work was like, hey, if you hit that rattle bag, you need the time, how long you know, it takes the, the, the deer to get there, you know, whatever. Yeah. At least one shows up. So, I remember hitting that rattle bag, man, and I was all fired up. <laughs> so, like, eight minutes goes by. Nine minutes goes by. Ten minutes goes by, and finally, a big buck walks down. Yeah. Out in front of me, and I remember seeing him. I, I got so tore up, <laughs> I was so excited. But I could not. He would not walk. There's a little stone fence. I know in, East, in Central Kentucky, you see those stone fences a lot, right? Oh yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah. Okay, so they had one on this farm, and I couldn't get a shot on this deer. It was just just in the right spot to keep him covered up and protected. So I was like, all right, what I'm going to do is tomorrow I'm going to come back right here at the same time. <laughs> I'm going to set myself up on the other side of that fence back in this same little patch of uh, uh, trees here. Yeah, yeah. So I had it figured out, right? Right, yeah, yeah. You, now that's, that wall's not going to be in your way next time. You, you right, got it figured right. out, yeah. All right, so the next day comes. And man, I'm, you're talking about folk tire, or tore up. I was tore up from the floor up I was <laughs> you, you just knew that big buck was going to come back through there again yeah right and I, i'm gonna nail it right from, from all your years of research of what deer do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so here i am i've set up and there's another tree fell down it just so happens i lay my gun up against the tree mm-hmm. i'm set up behind this tree it's got me blocked he can't see me he walks in so here i go man daylight breaks it's beautiful it's cold and I know there's a buck close by. Yeah. So I hit this rattle bag. Three, four minutes goes by. Yeah. 
Five minutes goes by. Nine minutes goes by. Ten minutes. And now I'm really like, any minute now. <laughs> I swear, man. This magic bag, it'll bring it here. <laughs> all, right, all right. So 12 minutes goes by. 13 yeah. minutes goes by. So I'm like, oh, man. And I take my eyes off of that that little patch where I was looking at. Yeah. And I turn around, and the buck is looking at me straight in the face. <laughs> I mean, he's three feet away. I can reach out and smack him in the nose. <laughs> and I don't know who's more scared, me or him. <laughs> right. <laughs> So did you try to did you try to get him in a chokehold? <laughs> did you try to get him in like a chokehold or something? Or oh no no no! I was he jumped back from me and I jumped back from him and I think we was both happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh mercy! That was my first to go around with deer hunting. I did I did kill a deer later that year. Yeah, last day rifle season. Yeah, but definitely. That was my first year seeing a deer out in the woods <laughs> on hunt trip. Yeah. I was tore up, boy. I told those guys at work, and they was like, "JD, you're supposed to kill them, not scare them to death." <laughs> not give them a heart attack. You're supposed to shoot them. Yeah. I guess it would be more humane to give it a heart attack, scaring it to death. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I know when it bounces back, I was tickled to see it go that way. <laughs> now I grew up back there too, in Martin County. But now, when I grew up, my dad he worked second shift in the coal mines, and so. When I was growing up, he would he would always try to get me out and go hunting, but he was so tired and worn out from getting up after getting in at, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and then trying to get up early enough to go out hunting in the morning. And so every time I'd go with him as a kid, I was always, and, it, and this ain't just hunting. Every time I went hunting, I was scaring the deer away, or I was scaring the squirrels away, or I was scaring the turkey away. If we went fishing, I was scaring the fish away. And, you know, he was just cranky and aggravated because he was tired all the time, and so he'd rather just go without me. Let's just be honest. So usually my older brother, who was about 10 years older than me, he was the one that got the, the privilege of taking me out for my first deer and stuff. And Because, uh, I, I mean, I was his little brother, but shoot, I was 10 years younger. So by the time I was getting old enough to do stuff, he was getting old enough to settle down. <laughs> so, so he... Uh, he took me out for my first buck. I got it with a black powder rifle, um, and then ended up getting my first doe the same way. Um, I think the the next year. I don't think I got one that same year. And uh, and honestly, after I did that, I went hunting maybe one other time for deer, and I killed a pie ball, like which is an albino, yeah, white spotted albino. And uh, and I said, like, you know, I can't get much luckier than getting a buck on my first time out and a doe, and then a pie ball. I said, I'm just gonna call it quits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i figured it all out i think i'm good so yeah i and now that i live up here in northern kentucky there my neighbor hunts all the time and different folks around here but i just since i can go down the road and get a burger king burger i, I was like well I, I don't really need to right now i'm, I'm okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah, now I mean, there's but, something about being out in the woods man by yourself and like oh yeah i, I enjoy it yeah. I wish I have been doing much lately. I did get into bow hunting after that. And I, I've killed a couple of deer with bow. Yeah. Now bow hunting, I, 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 I like bow hunting a lot more. It, it feels just more of a in tune with the earth kind of thing because you get that uh, one shot and that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, like uh, I don't see what's exciting about shooting a deer two hundred yards away. Right. That me. They don't do it for me. Yeah. I want twenty yards away. And he'll not know when I'm there. You know what I mean? So yeah, having to having to actually be stealthy as opposed to just sitting there waiting to be like, oh, okay, bang. <laughs> I think what happened to me a couple years ago over here in Martin County? I was up on the uh, old gas line, and I went out, man. I, I went out. Oh, it was well for daylight. Mm-hmm. 
in life stage, and, and I don't like I don't like hunting morning hunts. A lot of people like morning hunts. Yeah, I feel like I jump a lot of deer going in in the morning time. Right, because you can't so see what's like, going on around you anyway. You really have to have uh, a an entrance strategy, know where you're going to step and know where you're going to be. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I feel like I, I I walk up on a lot of deer and jumps them up, spooks them, and they're gone. You know. Yeah. So anyway, this morning I walk in like I mean early in the morning again. I stay out. Oh, flipping day long. I don't see a deer. <laughs> but finally, man, evening time comes. And I'm on a point. I'm behind, like, the corner of the point had fell off. Two big old rocks had fell. Yeah. Like a uh, high wall, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I was got down in between these these big rocks. That way I didn't have a silhouette either. Like, I was standing behind the rock, but also had a rock behind me where I didn't have a silhouette sticking out. Yeah. And, uh, man, they got about five... I mean, like 523, I remember it was late in the evening, and there was no light, much left, not yeah. much light. And uh, I see the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life still to this day. Yeah. And I seen him coming for 40 yards, and ask me how big he was. Ask me how many points he had. <laughs> how many points did he have? I had no idea, man. I'm sure all pieces. <laughs> all I remember saying to myself was, J.D., you can't pass out. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll never live it down if you pass out, man. Keep it together. Well, Keep it together. So so this deer comes in, man, and it's stomping. You know, it's trying to figure out what I am. And he, he stops, man. He leaves me alone. He starts eating. Starts uh, grazing or whatever. Yeah. He gets, Josh, I'm telling you, there's no way he was 15 foot from me. <laughs> so I pull back on my bow, and I shoot. And I let out a yell. Yeah, baby, it's smoked it. <laughs> celebration let me tell you <laughs> i found my arrow and there was a drop of blood nowhere and of course he hightailed it out yeah a little, little premature it celebration so ridiculous. <laughs> god what a rush it was man oh i tell you i know that rush man i know what you're talking about the first buck i ever shot it was a little cold out but i was shaking profusely like i, I couldn't stop shaking and, and I was just, you know, I was a teenager, you know, early teen or late teen. And I just, I mean, I was convulsing, like shaking so bad I couldn't hardly put my hand to my mouth to <laughs> wipe my sweat away or anything like that. And so, yeah, I, I know that feeling. It's intense. I don't know if it's where you're killing something, taking the life of something or whatever, but like, man, it'll it'll rattle you way more than you ever thought it would. That, there's something wild there, man. This is a wild animal. Yeah. And I'm here, and I'm about to take his life, and he don't even know what I am. Like, right. Yeah. And I picked him. He don't. And I think, man, that's to me, it's a high. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I, I enjoy it. I, I wish I could describe the feeling to people who don't know what that is. Right. Man, well, well, even going into it, knowing the information about what's going to happen, you think you're prepared for it, but like you said, when you see that big old buck. Like, even if you're a trophy hunter, if you're hunting for meat and that's just a bonus or whatever, like, it, it gets intense. Your adrenaline starts pumping. And, you know, deers aren't as scary. Some people get attacked by deers. Most people die from deers from hitting their car when they're driving down the highway. But, I mean, there it, there is something about it. Now, and I know back home, we've got elk back there now and uh, even black bear roaming around. And uh, when when I was a kid, I know on Turkey Creek, that's where I grew up at, um, there was a panther that used to run around up in the Turkey Creek Hills. 
Yeah, I've heard the story of the Hoosier Pat Oh, Panther. man, I tell you what, <laughs> you talk about adrenaline pumping, being a little kid up there playing on the rocks, and you hear a, a little girl scream out, Row! it sounds like oh, a little yeah. girl screaming. Yeah. Not not much of what I just did. It's terrifying for sure. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, the scariest I've ever been in the woods, man, and I, I'm not ashamed to admit this, I was out deer hunting, and I had a doe blow at me. Have you ever had a doe blow at you before? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Anybody that knows me, I was like, what the hell is going on right Yeah, now? like a lot of people wouldn't know what a, a deer makes a sound in a sense, but yeah, they'll uh, they'll get riled up. Here in northern Kentucky, we live in a little bit of a wooded area, and uh, there's deer that walk by and look in the window every day at us. And it's because there's no hunting going on within the city limits, you know. So they're just free to roam. They're, all they got to worry about is cars, and they're just, they don't give a crap about nothing. And my neighbor's dog was tied up out in the yard, and this mommy doe came through and had two little fawns with it. And it saw that dog, and buddy, you talk about a, a doe blowing. It was a snorting and stomping its hoofs. And <laughs> Yeah, that's I, a crazy smell, man. That poor little dog backed up on the end of his chain and was just like, please don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> she was going to. I ran outside and scared her off before she beat him to death. I was like, she's going to stomp that dog's head in, that's for sure. But yeah, there's yeah. Something, something about them wild animals, man, I tell you. Yeah. yeah, it looks like around here, man, it looks like it's been a good season so far. You know, Ralph season just opened up this past weekend. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I've seen people posting to Facebook a ton of just getting some monster bucks. My nephew, uh, Dustin, he uh, he killed him a big – I'm trying to think if it was a 10-point or a 12-point, but he, he harvested a big old buck over there on turkey that he was really proud of. As soon as he got it, he was stripping it all down to make a mound out of it and everything. Of course, he – he saved all the meat and put it in the freezer and stuff, but but he was uh, he finally got him a trophy buck. He was proud of so. That's cool, man. That's cool. There um, there was a time now. My brother he always trapped uh, animals and stuff as well, and sold the sold the hides and stuff to to fur people and all that different stuff. And uh, it, it was just another story of adrenaline pumping on a crazy time. He caught a, a bobcat one time in Louisa. <laughs> And he did. He wasn't. It wasn't seasoned for bobcats, and so he he knew he had to let it go. So he caught it in a live trap. Uh, he was just trying to catch a raccoon in or something. And he goes over and turns this live trap up and was like, "All right, Mister Bobcat, I'm gonna let you go. So don't eat me up, you know." And and they're they're not much bigger than a house cat for the most part. I mean, they're oh man, it it jumped up knocked the cage lid open and landed on his shoulder and all he knew was to close his eyes and start punching (laughs) he said he started punching his shoulder and swinging and slashing and luckily enough he scared that bobcat enough that it just leaped off his shoulder and took off through the woods see i've only had one i've only seen one bobcat in the wild yeah which was cool to see but i've only seen one yeah it's right here yeah. yeah they're uh they're elusive now they they can be super quiet they're they're uh an animal that doesn't like to be seen so you you, you really get lucky if you do get to see one in the wild yeah i've, also, I've done some coyotes hunting too man i still have never had no luck but i'd like to kill some coyotes yeah now uh, and they're they're considered a nuisance so you can pretty much hunt them almost all year round yeah, it's, it's game over. Yeah, that, man, they're a, they're a hard animal to hunt. They they walk with the wind into their nose and smelling for every scent that's out there, and you really got to be prepared to hunt a coyote for sure. Yeah, I don't know. 
technologies were that smart, but like we had a, the the jackrabbit call, I think it was in distress, and it was that call was going crazy, mm-hmm. and the like those, those things will run all the way in, they'll just stop. Yeah, I guess they smell you or see. You, I don't know. Yeah, they they got good oh. eyesight and they they have a good sense of smell, and and they don't stick around when something happens. But now, that's if you get a whole gang of them coming through, you better watch yourself. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> they might be tiny for the most part, but now they'll mess you up if they get enough of them around you. We've uh, we've had sen- sty- or had times like that when we'd be out catfishing at night, and uh, coyotes would show up and come up in a big gang, and you're just sitting there, kind of like, uh oh. <laughs> I got the yeah. got the lake on one side and a pack of coyotes on the other. I don't know what's going to happen here. But luckily, we've always made it out alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but um, uh, I'd be doing. I'd be reloading. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one time uh, uh, I keep bringing my brother up. Now, like I said, he was the hunter and one taught me how to hunt, and he he hunts every chance he can get out. Uh, but uh, they were in Louisa one time going catfishing, and and this old dog come down beside him near the lake while they were fishing, and it was just scared to death. And it got down near the edge of the water and walked through the water around the lake. And they were like, what in the world was that dog doing? And all of a sudden, all those coyotes show up chasing that dog. And it brought its scent down to them and then walked around the edge of the water and got them to go at my brother and my cousins. <laughs> so they yeah, they had a four-wheeler at the time. So they jumped on the four-wheeler. It's like, let's get out of here and grab their lantern. So as they start driving the four-wheeler, uh, the chain pops off. And so they jump off the four-wheeler and like, let's get out of here. And so they just start running through the woods and then their lantern breaks. So they don't have a light. So they're running, hoping they're on the right trail in the pitch black. Coyotes uh, yapping and squalling all the way home. They said, I don't know how we run three miles through the woods to get home that night, but we made it. <laughs> I tell you, it, it, can be a, it can be a cruel thing, man, if you don't know what you're doing and don't know what you're getting into. But Sure. Yeah, I don't ever go up in the woods unless I'm uh, armed to the gills. I can promise you that. <laughs> and and nowadays, like I said, back home we didn't used to have as much wildlife as we do now with the the bears and, and like the elk and elk are like dinosaurs walking around. Man, they're huge. I tell you, I know we'd go up to the airport up there back home and look at them when they'd be roaming around, and and literally they look like dinosaurs. They're so huge, man. It, yeah. it's it's astounding how <laughs> that there's something like that that's still around roaming around in eastern kentucky i used to work at by the airport there and uh, we'd drive out to the mine road there and they'd just be standing in the middle of the road mm-hmm. i'd be home, like what the hell's damn way <laughs> <laughs> they just look at you like eh, yeah you know? yeah you don't worry me i'll stomp your car just just wait uh, your turn and i'll let you through here in a minute <laughs> they're beautiful but man get out of the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the truth the road, yeah <laughs> That is the truth. Well, man, I appreciate you sharing your stories. These are good stories, and and they'll go down in infamy on the interwebs now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on the line. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. It'll it'll never go away until I guess till the apocalypse happens or some type of uprising after they try to tell us that Epstein did kill himself or something like that exactly. again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I sure appreciate you making the time to be on the show, man. I really do appreciate it. All right, Josh. Anytime, brother. Hey, sure enough, man. And uh, make sure to get out there, everybody, and check out Just Add Bourbon Podcast. Uh, if you got any questions, message me. I can get you in contact with JD if there's some questions about some good hunting property or 
or a, a good hunting partner you need, you might be able to hit him up. Oh. And uh, <laughs> but I'll other, find you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to say one thing, man. Go right ahead. I did this. I want to get my head superimposed on something really cool. So hook me up now. All right, I'll, I'll try to make you a good. <laughs> I'll try to make you a good promo there. <laughs> We'll see what we can make happen. All right, man. Well, uh, I guess if anything else, we'll talk at you next time, all right? All right, Josh. Thanks. All right, man. We'll see you.